I believe what I want to talk about today with the help of the Lord really uh, is uh, something that we need to hear, especially following Sunday evening. Sunday evening, we dealt with a subject, ready or not, here I come. And my prayer is, is that not only that evening, but throughout this week, you have been speaking to your mountains, that you have been professing victory in your home and in your family. So I want to continue to encourage everyone to do that, to speak to your mountains. Speak to your mountains. I'm going to say that one more time. Speak to your mountains. Continue to do that in your life. Continue to do that in your home and do that over your family. So we really dealt with how we are not allowing the enemy time and that we have been allowing the enemy too much time knowing that he's on a set amount of time uh, but we don't have to allow him to utilize his time that has been designated to him meaning that we have authority we have authority he has power but his power is by permission we have authority, and that authority is through Jesus Christ. And we possess Jesus Christ inside of us. So if we possess the authority, that means we always should operate in that authority. So then therefore, the devil that has the permission is only given that permission for that set time based on you and I's permission given. But if we possess the authoritative one, then we should be able to walk in that authority, not in our own ability, because it's not by might, nor by power, but it's by what? His spirit, saith the Lord. So that is the thing that we wanted to really get into our hearts, into our minds on Sunday evening. Ready or not, here I come. But we're not coming alone. We're coming in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. So remind yourself of that, people of God. All right. One thing that I failed to do growing up in the church was actually apply the things that I heard on Sunday. I would receive on Sunday and then not apply on Monday. I would allow the night's sleep to affect what I did and what I applied on that Monday and Tuesday. So we have to be able to be disciplined enough that the things that we receive from the man of God, from the word of God, that was spoken unto us on that Sunday, apply it. Apply it. Apply it. So it's always good to be a note taker. Hallelujah. It's good to be a note taker. It's good to write down good golden nuggets that you receive from the word of God, from the man of God that is preaching the word. Because if you can just apply one thing that came across the platform, that's a whole lot better off than most people. And that one thing can sustain you throughout that week. There's been sometimes just that one thing has sustained me until I, here I am today. Amen. So let's be diligent in our application. All right. We cannot have a job, go to training on a job, and then after we come out of training, we don't apply the things that we trained and expect to keep that job. 
it will not happen. You will be terminated immediately. So how can we expect the things that we learn week after week and not apply it to the things of life? We will be terminated in our spirit quicker than what we think and what we want. So it takes the same discipline. Somebody say amen. 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 So the things that I want to talk about today falls in line with what we preached on Sunday evening. And so something that I want to talk about Starts my key text here is in Matthew chapter number 10, starting at verse 22. Now, I would like for everyone else to turn to Acts chapter 20. That's where we're really going to dive into Acts chapter 20. But I want to use this as a key text because I want to take this latter part of the verse as what I really want to dive in on. Matthew 10, 22 says this, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. There's a couple things here I want to take note of and that I want us to really uh, remind ourselves about is that the scripture is letting us know Jesus talking here that he that endureth continuing to endure so that eliminates the people that say once saved always saved. So if you're dealing with someone in your family that believes that, well, here's a great verse for you to discuss. Because the Bible says, he that endureth, that means you got to remain. That means you got to stick around. That means you must continue on. You have to endure when? To the end. When's the end? Death. Yes, it is. I'll say it for you. It's death or the rapture. That's the end. You have to endure into that time if you endure you shall be saved. Amen. So it's not once saved, always saved. Plus this helps us to know also the second point I want to bring out about this voice, about this verse, excuse me, is that it takes work. It takes work. We just don't get in this thing and think it's not going to take work. No, it takes work. An endurance race takes work. Sprints are easy. Y'all have heard me talk about that before. I do not like running long distance. I'm a sprinter. Give me from here to that door, and I'm a happy camper. But if you ask me to run around the block four or five times, I'm going to say, well, we, <laughs> we need to pray about that first. But walking with the Lord is an endurance race. It takes work. And it's always good to have help along the way. Amen. Let's build a little bit of foundation before I get to Acts chapter number 20. Many theologians say no person apart from Jesus himself shaped the history of Christianity like the Apostle Paul. Even before he was a believer, his actions were significant. His persecution of Christians following Stephen's death got the church jump started. And soon after the church began to obey Christ's final command to take the gospel worldwide. Paul's encounter, personal encounter with Jesus changed his life. He never lost his fierce intensity. But from then on, it was channeled for spreading the good news. Paul was considered a good Pharisee who knew the laws of Moses and sincerely believed that this Christian movement was dangerous to Judaism. Thus, he hated the Christian faith and persecuted Christians without mercy. 
But God had other plans for Paul and stopped him in his tracks on the road to Damascus. And Paul's life was never the same. Anyone's here thankful that Jesus stopped you and I on our tracks? When we were headed in the wrong direction, headed towards a way of destruction, but God had other plans for our life. When Paul met Jesus, he found the one with the reason for living and dying, and he became totally sold out for Christ. God did not waste any part of Paul. He does not plan on wasting any parts of you. His background, his training, his citizenship, his mind, or even his weaknesses. It is important for everyone to understand that you will never know what all Jesus can do with you until you allow him to have all of you. In this particular text in Acts chapter number 20, Paul was determined to get to Jerusalem. The Bible says in Acts 20 verse number 16, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So I want to speak today just a little bit on this, how we must continue to endure. The Bible says that Paul was hasting to get to Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. In verse 22, let's drop the verse 22 and it says, And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now I want us to go back to verse number 16 for a moment, because why is Paul wanting to get to Jerusalem so bad on the day of Pentecost? Well, remember, Paul was not there with them in the upper room. When the Holy Ghost fell first fell on the day of Pentecost. Paul was not with those that were about 120 in that upper room when the Holy Ghost first fell. And I don't know about you, but I can just imagine how Paul would feel saying, well, if the Holy Ghost took place on the day of Pentecost last year, well, I wonder what's going to happen this year. Has anybody ever, well, I know I have, and many of you have been in this situation where it seems like whenever you miss church, that's when there's a blowout. It seems like somebody comes home and says, boy, you missed it today. It's like, why couldn't this happen last week? <laughs> why couldn't this happen when I was there? It seems like whenever you miss church, things just go crazy. God just shows up in a mighty way and just manifests his power in such a mighty way. Paul, I can just imagine, was thinking that very same thing. Hey, I missed it last year. I'm not missing it this year. So the Bible says he's hasting to get there. I've got to get there. I'm not missing this. I've got to see what God is going to do this year if he did what he did last year. 3,000 people added to the church. I wonder what's going to happen this year. And that is my mindset as a pastor as I step into year number two. If what he did in year number one, I can't wait to see what he's going to do in year number two. Amen. So now we can jump to verse number 22 and it says, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. So the spirit, the Lord was taking him to Jerusalem. We need to remember that. The Lord was taking him. If you're bound by the spirit, it's the Lord guiding you to where he wants to take you. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses. So the spirit, the Holy Ghost has already given him the foresight to what's going to take place in Jerusalem. And verse number 24 says, but none of these things move me. So after he has been revealed what was going to take place to him in Jerusalem, he was not moved by the fact of what was to come. 
So God had revealed to him, this is what's going to take place with you once you get there. So he already knows what's going to happen to him. The Bible says in verse 23, saving that bonds and afflictions abide me. So I'm going to be bound and I'm going to be afflicted once I get to Jerusalem. He hasn't arrived yet, but that's where he's going. But he's saying, that doesn't move me. I'm not worried about what's going to happen to me in the future because if the Lord is taking me there, then that means he intends to pull me out of there. Someone needs to receive that right now. So the Bible says in verse 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So the Bible says in Acts chapter number 20, once again, I want to read verse number 22. It says, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. So Paul knew that he would be in prison and would suffer. But he says, but none of these things move me. God is calling me and you, you and I to a higher calling. We cannot worry when the Lord is calling you and I to a higher calling. You cannot worry about the things that's going to happen to us as we elevate to that higher calling. As a matter of fact, as Paul was being elevated, his suffering and affliction was elevated. As you and I are being elevated in the spirit, do not think it strange when suffering and affliction also is being elevated. So don't think because you're going through suffering and affliction that you're not being elevated by the Lord. No, that proves the fact that you're being elevated by the Lord. If you're not receiving the affliction and the bonds, the things that we're speaking about here, then you're probably not moving anywhere in the spirit because when you're being stagnant when you're being comfortable the devil doesn't have to mess with you it's those that are moving forward those are the ones the enemy is after so if you're moving forward how you know that is by the persecution and the things that are happening in your life so when things are taking place in your life rejoice rejoice knowing that God is moving you to another level. I'm telling you, church, we're going to another level. That's why many in here are going through the afflictions and the pains that we are going through together. But that's why I will continue to reiterate. That's why I hold this towel right next to me. We fight together. We win together. So don't think that you're in this thing alone because you are not, I wish I can preach about this a little bit, you are not alone. You are not in this fight all by yourself, but you have brothers and you have sisters that are fighting with you. So please change your mindset. Tell a quick story here. I, this just, it's not in my notes, so it's, it's nowhere where this, no telling where this can go. So, so y'all better pray for me right now. I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. I was outside. We had a basketball hoop in our driveway. And if anyone knows basketball and sports, some of you watching online may be familiar with this. Our basketball goal was never right. I mean, it was, the, the pole was leaning, the goal was leaning. It was never right. And uh, 
and so you, you, you shot on the left side because that's where everything was leaning, you know, and you can make more shots from that side to make you feel good. The other side was a little harder. You had to shoot a little higher just to get it up over the, the lean. And um, I remember I was outside, and that's mainly what I did. I would shoot and shoot and play and play. And I remember coming inside the house. I was, I was, I was done shooting. I was tired. I was maybe 11 years old at the time. I'm ready to come inside. Let's, let's go eat something. I come inside the house, and my father's sitting on the couch. He says, son. I said, yes, dad. How good do you want to be? I said, well, dad, I want to be good. What, what kind of question is that? This, what, what are you getting at here? I want to be good, dad. He said, do you really want to be good? I said, yes, sir. I, I, I want to be good. He said, well, do you want to be great? Well, then, now he's challenging my ego now. Man. I said, well, yes, father. I, I want to be great. He said, because I want you to think about this. Why did you come inside? I said, well, I'm, I'm done shooting, Dad. I'm, I'm tired. He said, well, if you want to be great, you have to learn how to push past your fatigue. He said, if you want to be great, I want you to think about this. There's probably some kid, how good are you in this neighborhood? Oh, Dad, I'm, I'm the best in this neighborhood. Nobody can beat me. Yeah, it's pretty good, son. Nobody else is good in this neighborhood, though. That'll humble you, right? You're always the best when nobody else is, is, is good. <laughs> Amen. But I guarantee there's some kid in another state that's probably just as good as you are. He didn't come back inside. He didn't have to say nothing else. I grabbed my ball, went back out there. <laughs> I got to shooting. The interesting thing about that story is, is that that stuck with me for the rest of my life. I never forgot the day when I was 11 years old and my father challenged my mental toughness. That's, what he, that's all he was doing. He was challenging my mental toughness. And he wanted to see was I willing to push through when I felt like giving up. And those things stayed with me as I got older. And even as I came into the church, I would remember the days when I felt like, I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like going today. I don't feel like pressing today. I've prayed that enough, I'm not saying it again. I've done this enough, I'm not going through it again. When my mental fatigue was wearing on me. And I remember the voice of my father when I was only 11 years old saying, how great do you want to be? And see, now this mindset shifts. It's not about being great in the eyes of man or great in the eyes of certain individuals. It's all about how, if, how am I doing when it comes to my endurance race? Am I able to endure to the end so that I can be saved? It's the same principle. It's the same thing that when we're going through certain things in our life, are we willing to push through the fatigue in order to be saved? I challenge people all the time, and it frustrates me in my spirit to see people work so hard to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then once they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, they stop. 
They stop pursuing. They stop going after. If you would see some people, how hard they work and how hard they cry and how hard they keep trying to receive the Holy Ghost. I said, my Lord, if you would work that hard just living for God, you would be a lot further along than where you are right now. It's amazing how the people's minds shift once they receive the Holy Ghost as if it's done. That contradicts the word of God. The Bible says that we're born again. That means you got to start over, honey. <laughs> now the work has just begun. So if you plan on sticking around, we got a long road ahead of us. Oh, yeah. See, some folks don't want to hear that. That's true. You got a road ahead of you. Oh, yes, you do. You got some battles ahead of you. Fat people come and challenge me and say, Brother Robinson, why when I'm trying to do right, it seems like all hell is fighting against me? Why is it when I, I just received the Holy Ghost and now all of a sudden everything's just crashing down? Because the devil, ha he, he didn't have to do nothing before. He had you right where he wanted you. But now that you have a desire to serve him, yes, all of hell is going to attack you. To get you to throw in a towel, to get you to give up, to get you to say that no one cares about me. But are you willing to push through the fatigue? Is anybody hearing me today? Because I know many of us may be tired in our bodies, but I'm speaking to your spirit today. You can, be, you can be weary in your body, but you must be strong in your spirit. So can you push through the fatigue? It's important. So we cannot be moved by what we feel. We cannot be moved by what we act upon sometimes, but we must be moved by what we know. We must be moved by who he is. Psalms chapter 27, verse number one says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So the scripture says in Acts chapter 21, as we continue on on this Paul's journey here, Acts 21, verse number four. Somebody say, I shall not be moved. Remember, we're talking about continuing to endure. We must continue to endure. Acts 21, verse number four says this. Now Paul here, he's already been told by the Holy Ghost that he must go to Jerusalem. He's already been told by the Holy Ghost what's going to happen to him once he gets to Jerusalem. And he's already made up in his mind that none of these things move me. But now let's see what happens as we move on to a different chapter. For the Bible says, and finding certain disciples... Now, this should excite you. I found some friends. I found some friends that can encourage me. I found some friends that I can, can fellowship with. I found some friends that can help me and to give me some words that I need for my journey to Jerusalem. Well, let's see what happens here. The Bible says in finding certain disciples, we tarry there seven days. Yeah, I'm going to stay here as long as I need to. Who said to Paul, listen, through the Spirit... They said to Paul through the spirit that he should not go where God told him to go. And they told him through the spirit. 
Now that's something. So this was the spirit leading them and they were telling him to not go where Paul has been bound by the spirit to go. So for seven days, he had to sit and listen to friends, believers, telling him to not go where he was bound to go. For seven days, he had to hear it. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. But listen, 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 listen what it says here. Let's continue reading. Let's, let's go down to, uh, uh, let's go to Acts chapter 21. Uh, let's go to verse number eight. So here they are telling him not to go to, to Jerusalem. And the Bible says they said it through the spirit. Verse, verse number eight says this, and the next day, so this is after the seven days, all right? So he had, he had to listen to friends that was telling him, don't, don't go. So then the next day, we that were of Paul's company, they departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip. Now he's in an evangelist's house. Now, finally, I got somebody here. I got an evangelist now. I know they're going to give me a word from the Lord. I had to listen for seven days for people telling me, you don't belong in Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. But he's been bound by the Spirit to go. And for seven days, he had to listen to friends telling to go against the will of God. And after seven days, Paul said, okay, I, I, got, I, I got to leave here now. I've got to go somewhere else. So now he's in the house of an evangelist that's got a word from the Lord. Listen what happens here. The Bible says, and we entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, which one of the seven, meaning one of the seven evangelists, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters. This is a great man of God right here. Some of y'all get that later. He had four daughters. They were all virgins. Oh, he's a great man of God. And these daughters, they all of them prophesied too. Oh, Lord, pour it on them right now. The virgin part two, praise God, which did prophesy. So now here he is in this home, surrounded by an evangelist, surrounded by prophetess. And then, and we tarry there many days. It doesn't even get an amount of days. Paul has lost count of days now. All right, he's lost track. He's, I only know what day it is. All right, remember, Brother Whitaker, tomorrow, the 25th. Tarried there many days. Then there came down from Judea a certain look. A prophet came now. He's surrounded by anointed people. He's surrounded by gifted people. A prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him, I don't want you to go to Jerusalem. I know you're bound by the spirit to go. I know you feel led to go, but we're telling you we don't want you to go. Now imagine this. Here's Paul. He feels an unction of the Holy Ghost to go to a certain city and everybody who is a believer as well is telling him not to do what God has told him to do. Why is this? The Bible says through the spirit. The Bible says the Holy Ghost. 
why, how, how, why is this? How can this be? Now, listen to me now. Because the things that the people of God were saying were true. Paul was going to be bound. Paul was going to be persecuted. Paul was going to face some opposition. But did Paul already know that? Paul was already revealed that through the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that told him to go already revealed to him what was going to happen. And that's when Paul said, none of these things move me. I'm moving. I'm going to Jerusalem. But now here he is hearing from multiple people for multiple days that they don't want him to go. They do not want him to move. And they're speaking through the spirit. Now that right there can be confusing. And this right here is what we need to learn. And this right here is what we need to hone in on. Because many of us have people of influence in our life that speak over our life, that speak into our life. And if you're not careful, they will tell you they're speaking through the spirit and have you going against the will of God. So you must be careful what voices you're listening to, especially if you already have a mandate from the law. If you have a mandate from God to move, to go, to speak, whatever God tells you to do, you must move with authority. And you cannot allow yourself to be pulled away from somebody else just because they are a figure, a spiritual figure in your life. If there's ever an evangelist, a prophet, or anyone that comes into this church, if there's anyone, now, I, of course, I will do my best to make sure I don't hand the mic to anyone unless I have uh, good, what's the word I'm looking for? Good security, good safety, if you will, of them speaking behind this platform. But if something happens, whether it's the person behind the platform or if there's somebody else that comes into this church and happens to say something to you in your ear. Uh -huh. Amen. Yeah. There's someone that says someone to someone and you're, you're a little thrown off, you're not quite sure, there's not clarity, you come to me immediately. Yeah. You do not hesitate. You don't think about it for a couple days. You don't try to figure it out on your own for a few days. No, you come to me immediately. So then we combine together to pray and ask the Lord for clarification for what he wants done in your life. Because any man or woman of God that tries to speak something into your life without them having clarity, that can mess you up. And especially, now I, I'm going to just tell you this. Let me give a little bit of instruction here. If you have a word from the Lord or something God has specifically given you and you feel like it's for someone else, for them uh, to hear, and it has to do with direction in their life or something they should be doing, should be going, you need to come to me first about that. And then I will give you the okay to say those things to that person. Now, if you're just giving encouraging words about uh, you just uplifting words, you just want to encourage them. The Lord has placed something on your spirit to encourage somebody. That's totally different. You don't have to get my approval for that. But if you're trying to give direction, insight, oh, no, that needs to run through the man of God. Amen. Because we have a lot of people that have been confused because they're listening to other voices when they thought they heard a voice from the Lord tell them to go right and everybody else is telling them to go left. Yes. 
and see what is taking place here in this particular text is that Paul is surrounded by not only believers, men and women of God, but somebody say friends. He's surrounded by friends. He's surrounded by people that love him. He's surrounded by people that care about him. And because they care about him, they don't want to see him go through the struggle he's about to go through. So that's where it gets tangled up in, where they are taking the words of the Lord and mixing in their emotions. And any time you take the word of God and mix your emotions with it, it's tainted. Because you cannot move with emotions when it comes to the Lord. It will get you nowhere. When you have a word from the Lord, you must move with certainty. Emotions completely out. Emotions out. And so now Paul is dealing with people that's telling him not to go. Paul is dealing with people that are telling him to go against the will of God. And these are people that are saying, I'm speaking through the Holy Ghost. So when someone says, I've got a word through the Holy Ghost, your antennas go up. And you're ready to learn. You're ready to listen. But yet what they were saying, although true what was going to happen, Paul was already revealed that. And notice how God revealed to Paul before the people revealed to Paul what was going to take place. Take note on that. That's a very good point there to take note on because what if the Holy Ghost wouldn't have told Paul what was going to happen? No doubt when his friends told him what was going to happen, it could have caused Paul to get discouraged. Hallelujah. So when God gives you an assignment, you go to God and say, Lord, help me in every area of my life, mentally, physically. Give me what I need in order to endure my assignment. Lord, reveal to me, talk to me, help me, instruct me so that I can endure my assignment. So then when other people try to come to you and say, you have no idea what you're about to get into, you say, the Lord has already dealt with me. I know exactly where I'm going, and I'm sticking to the course. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. Listen, when we have a word like Sunday evening saying, ready or not, here I come, See, you're professing war against the enemy. And when you profess war against the enemy, you must have a mindset like Paul. The Bible says in verse number 13, Acts 21, I'm going to finish this quickly. The Bible says, then Paul answered, why are you causing me to cry? Why are you causing me to weep? You're breaking my heart. For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, when he would not be persuaded, we see saying and said, the will of the Lord be done. <laughs> you want to know the key in order to continue in this endurance race? It's persuasion. You and I must be persuaded. We must have a mindset that no matter what takes place, no matter what happens in our life, we're persuaded. It doesn't matter what obstacle, what road the Lord sends me down. You don't shouldn't have your head hung down low. You keep your head high and say, I will not be persuaded. 
It doesn't matter what's happening in my home. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what's taking place. Even right now, we must be persuaded. Because when you get persuaded, it doesn't matter whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley low. You're going to continue in the race. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I need an older generation and a younger generation to get this. This is how you stick around. I've seen too many people come in them doors and walk right back out them doors. I'm telling you, when I came in, I'm here to stay. I'm here to stay in the Lord. Why? Because I'm persuaded. When the Lord filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost on April the 13th, when I was 21 years old, I became persuaded right then. And I've never looked back. I've never looked back. Yes, my road has been windy. Yes, my road has been up, has been down. Yes, my road has not been perfect. Yes, my road, I've been through a lot of things in my life, a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges, but I can still keep my head up and say, I've been persuaded. I've been persuaded. I'm not allowing no one, no individual, no thing to keep me down or keep me back. I don't care who's walked out of my life. I don't care who's trying to walk in my life. I am persuaded. Because when I got persuaded, even when my friends told me not to do things, I stuck to the course. Even when my family and friends told me not to go, I've got to stick to the course. Even when people try to look at me and say, you're crazy for going back to Lafayette, I've got to stick to the course. I've got to know that if God has bound me in the spirit to be in a certain area, I've got to move. God will deal with me what's going to happen to me. God will deal with me what's going to take place in my life. But when God dealt with me and said, it's time for you to go, I had to move and be persuaded. Because if I allowed other people to persuade me, I would not be standing behind this platform. But I'm thankful to the Lord that the Lord bound me in the spirit. Oh, somebody ought to hear me in the Holy Ghost. Is anybody bound in the spirit? No matter what's happening in your life, you're persuaded. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify Amen. That's right. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. So if you want to know the secret to maintaining your worship, Maintaining your walk, maintaining your faith in God, how to maintain focus from once the word is given to once the word is revealed. The secret is found in Romans chapter 8. The Bible says in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword. Let's go to verse 37. He says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. That neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The key is persuasion. That's the key. As we fight, as we war, we've got to stay persuaded. Hallelujah. You've got to stay persuaded. Paul understood it was here. I've got to believe no matter what is going on. So I, 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 I really want to raise up some, some warriors in this church that don't get their head down just because things aren't going the way you think they should go. Who, who, just because we're filled with the Holy Ghost, who said that, there, that we didn't have to endure life things and things just didn't happen to us? And No, things are going to happen to us. Life happens to all men. Life happens. Things are going to happen. Amen. That's right. The hedge that is about us doesn't mean we're protected from all things. No, that hedge helps us to endure in this race of salvation. Ooh, I wish I could teach on that a while. We, 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 can't, we can't walk around with our... No, Star City Church, this church will not be a church of people that are not soldiers. We sing songs. We are soldiers in the army. We have to fight. Oh, Lord. I don't know all the words. It's something like that, though. Something about being a soldier in the army of the Lord. We're soldiers. And the key is being persuaded. Every individual in here, before you leave here, you must walk out of here persuaded. Persuaded. I'm not turning back. I'm not giving up. I don't care what is happening in my life. I am not giving up. I will not give up. Keep fighting. We fight for our family. We fight for our loved ones. We fight for our salvation. We fight. We fight. We fight. Paul said it does not matter. I am persuaded. I am more than a conqueror. I know that I'm able to do it. Paul was bound by the spirit. I have to go to Jerusalem. I've got to go. No matter what your friends are telling you. No matter what your family members telling you. No matter what other people, men and women of God are telling you. You better be careful with that. I don't care who or what they call themselves. I don't care what title they have before their name. You better be careful what YouTube videos you watch them and what you watch it on TV, what TV advantages you watch them. And they're saying these things and these things. And also you're like, oh, yeah, I, I think that's for me. You better be careful. You better be careful with that. You better trust in the man of God. You better trust to be able to come to me and talk to me, run things by me. You better trust in me. Don't be listening to any old everything. Because I'm not in it for anything else but to help you reach heaven. But to help your family reach heaven. That's it. 
and you must be convinced, I'm persuaded. That's the key. Be persuaded. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray and ask God. Come on, let's pray and ask God to give us a mindset of persuasion. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Nothing is going to separate me from Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to take me out of this church. Star City Church is where I belong. This is my church. I'm staying in the will of God. Come on, have him, have him anoint you. Have him move upon you. We must continue to endure. Help me, Jesus, to be persuaded. Help me, Jesus, right now to be persuaded. Help me, oh God, the things that I'm dealing with and going through. I must be persuaded. I must be persuaded in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come on, let's cry out to the Lord for a moment. I must be persuaded in the name of Jesus. Come on, be persuaded for your own salvation. Be persuaded for your family. Be persuaded for your loved ones. We must be persuaded in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, come on. Let's cry out to him for just a little while longer. Hallelujah. For I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, powers, things present, things to come. Hallelujah. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and love him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So ready or not, devil, here we come. But we're coming persuaded. I'm not coming and once I feel resistance, turn and run. No, we're coming with persuasion. Once I feel a little bit of resistance and things aren't going my way, I don't say, well, well I tried it. I tried it. No, uh-uh. We're persuaded. I tried to do the right thing. I tried to live the right way. I just couldn't do it. No, we're persuaded. I'm trying to pursue. Pastor, I'm doing everything I can. I just, it's just not me. No, be persuaded. Remember, I was in Michigan preaching. I think I was. No, I was in Kentucky. Excuse me. I was in Kentucky preaching. I was down at the altar, and, and the Lord was moving in such a mighty way. People were receiving the Holy Ghost, and there was this lady. She was just over there crying. They called me over there to her. I said, what's going on? She said, I just don't think the Holy Ghost is for me. Everybody else can get it, but I can't get it. She said, I, I, I've just tried and tried, and I just can't get it, so I, I'm okay. I just can't get the Holy Ghost. I said, well, sister, you'll never get it talking like that. I'm, I'm not going to patty cake around this. You will not get the Holy Ghost if you talk like that. I said, so what you need to do now is if that if you want the Holy Ghost, if you believe you can have it, you need to change your mind. Her eyes got real big. She, didn't, she thought I was going to come over there and give her a hug. I said, it's okay. See, that's what, see sometimes we do things like that. Oh, you, you, it's going to be all right. No, we just need to tell people right to their face. No, you're talking silly. I want to say something better than that, but I'm up on the platform. You're talking silly. And you're believing a lie from the devil. So change your mind right now. So let's pray for a mind change. 
We laid hands upon her, prayed for a mind change. She was speaking in tongues in two minutes. <laughs> but she had to be persuaded. She had to be persuaded. You and I, we must be persuaded. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. <laughs>